and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. Today I am joined by a first-time guest, but a long-time county employee, Paul Holt. Paul is the Director of Community Development and Planning. Welcome, Paul. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It is really great to be here. I am so happy you're here. Now, I said that you're a long-time employee. You've been, you were here, and then you left, and then you came back to your senses and returned, correct? That's right. The grass is not always greener, except if it's in James City County, then it's perfect. Very good. So I absolutely had to come back. Well, we're very glad that you did. So thought it would be a great idea. This is your first podcast. You have never Mm -hmm. been a guest before. And the wild world of community development. We hear about it every day. We see those red signs that pop up on the streets. And we know that they mean something, but we don't know what. All of that comes out of your office. So before we get into, we have a scenario or two that we were going to talk about. But before we get into that, can you tell me what is it that community development does? Community development is the department in the county that helps to oversee all of the physical growth and development of the county. So even whether or not you see a red sign, any of the development, whether it be residential, commercial, industrial, all of the permitting processes come through our department. And then really on the front end, all of the community planning and visioning and community development and setting up and helping to facilitate developing all of the land use policies in consultation with the Planning Commission and the Board of Supervisors. Our department helps to develop and facilitate all of those community conversations. Okay, and a big project you all are working on right now is the comprehensive plan. Correct, the vision for the county in the year 2045. So we're really hoping we get a lot of citizen interest and input for that. And it's a really amazing opportunity for citizens to come out and really make sure that their vision, what they want to see for the future, that they share that with staff, provide that input into the process, because without that input, it may not be what they want to see. So Okay, so it's a very busy office. Very busy. There's stuff going on all the time in James City County. Growth does not seem to stop. So. No, it doesn't, but it's careful managed growth. Absolutely. Uh, the community has some very high expectations. Those are represented very well in the county strategic plan in terms of the built environment, community character. That's a word that we see all of the time. And so how all of that community character expresses itself in terms of the built environment, our office helps to oversee and make sure that that vision gets implemented through the policies and the ordinances that the board adopts. Okay. So should we get into this scenario? Sounds good. All right. So here we go. Elizabeth has had a successful business online for a few years and is ready to build a brick-and-mortar storefront. An investor in Elizabeth's business owns a piece of property that is zoned by right for retail development. From the initial planning stage to occupancy, what are the steps she must complete? That's something that our staff deals with on a daily basis. The first step in the permitting process to make sure all of the development is built, as mentioned, in accordance with the policies and the ordinances that are adopted by the Board of Supervisors, is we like to always recommend a conceptual plan. Okay. A conceptual plan really is, it can be as simple as a sketch on the back of a napkin. It can be one piece of paper, something to where the initial layout and the initial vision for how that piece of property wants to be developed, that we can start to see what that looks like in a graphical form. 
the reason why that's so advantageous is, is it, it helps all of the staff that's involved in the planning and permitting process to get a first look. And again, it's advantageous for the property owner, it's advantageous for the business owner, because before making any investments at all in the property, before spending a lot of real money on engineering and architecture and site design, it allows us to identify any potential red flags. It helps us from a customer service point of view provide as much positive and proactive input and feedback at the beginning mm -hmm. to really help eliminate any surprises on the back end. We don't want somebody to get but so far down the line in terms of designing a site, coming up with a building that they think is perfect, coming up with a site layout, and then having something just fundamentally not work. And so the earlier we can identify any of those and help provide that feedback to the business owner at the front end really helps streamline the process and, again, helps to uh, hopefully minimize the number of surprises that might come along along the way. So I guess you could say that once you've got the business plan figured out, once you've got your money figured out, that's right. there's really no other time that's too early to give you all a call. The earlier the better, because okay. again, there might be site development costs that a business owner hasn't thought about, but okay. that are vitally important from a health, safety, and, and welfare point of view that they need to factor into the cost of developing that site, whether it be fire hydrants, whether mm. it be putting in the required materials to adequately support a parking lot, whether it be building in the required amount of landscaping or making sure that the water and sewer infrastructure can get connected up. You just don't want to make assumptions of that and head into the development process without really understanding what those site development costs are. Okay. And so again, as part of that early conceptual plan process, without a bunch of investment, without spending a bunch of time and money developing a fully designed and engineered set of site plans, mm -hmm. we can offer that feedback. Might be that the business is proposing something that one of the regulations in the county code just doesn't allow for some reason. And okay. So, again, we want to identify those early so they don't become a, a barrier or a surprise. Can you give a couple examples of something that the county code doesn't provide for or allow? Uh, you know, it could be something as simple as there was a previous legislative case on the piece of property and for whatever reason a particular use wasn't allowed or maybe there was a restriction on the amount of parking okay. or frequently as part of the design of the stormwater plan, there needs to be reasonable limitations on how much of the piece of property can be paved over. Okay. You kind of just can't come in and pave over a piece of property from property line to property line. Right. And so being able to factor those decisions in so that it does not create a barrier on where somebody wants to put a building or how much parking they need to be able to support a business, it's important to identify those early on. You've got to make room for stormwater management. You've mm -hmm. got to make room for some of the functional things sometimes, again, like fire hydrants or dumpsters and some of those functional things. You, you have to account for setbacks from property lines. Mm -hmm. So those are sort of those limitations and those factors that all go into site development. Okay. There mm -hmm. is a drawing either on the back of the napkin or an official plan that yep. has been conceptualized. They've given you all a call. They're working with you. What happens next? 
Sure. So a new business owner, property owner, looking to develop their site from scratch, will typically engage a civil engineer to draw up the site drawings. Those are the engineering level designs, what the grading of the site's going to be. Again, all of the engineering level details, where the water and sewer is going to be, what stormwater is going to be, layout of the parking lot. And that civil engineer will bring those site plans in to the county. There are at least probably a half a dozen reviewing agencies that are involved with reviewing a site plan. Hmm. Could be planning and zoning. Could be the James City Service Authority. Could be the Stormwater and Resource Protection Division, Fire Department. At the state level, we deal with the Health Department, especially if there's a septic tank involved. And, of course, the Virginia Department of Transportation because they actively manage all of the public roads in the county. So somebody needing to cut in a new commercial entrance is going to happen. So it'd be very infeasible to send a new business owner around separately to each of those reviewing agencies. So in James City County, the planning division is going to serve as a central point of contact and will help facilitate in all of those reviews. And so an applicant then has to only really work mostly with one individual, with one group, and the planning division takes on the role of responsibility of coordinating all the logistical details on getting those review comments back, really looking at those to make sure there's nothing conflicting. Somebody says move something, somebody else says leave something there. Right. We help resolve all of that, kind of help the process move along. Planning and zoning will review the plans as well for some of the community character elements Mm -hmm. and setbacks and those types of things. And then usually the plans will need to be revised. And once the plans get to a set where all of the county codes and all of the requirements can be met, we'll issue an approval. Okay. And that will allow a business owner then to move on and start working with their contractor to start all the land disturbance on the site and to actually bring in the earth moving equipment and to start doing some of the initial grading and all of the utility layout to get going with the new constructions. Now, I think going back when we first went over the scenario, the key to this scenario is that it's by right. Correct. Can you explain what by right is? Sure. By right in zoning means that the property under the zoning ordinance has the certain ability to be developed with a certain list of uses without needing any special approvals, without needing a public hearing, without needing review and specific approval by the Board of Supervisors. With that is the presumption that the use of the land is harmonious with its neighbors, Mm -hmm. and by right means that the development of the site is still going to need to meet all of the development criteria set out in the county code. But really at that point, without any proposed unusual elements of the site, as long as they're a business without any big impacts to the neighbors, without any big impacts to the public infrastructure, they're able to come in, develop per the development standards that the county has adopted, and move on to get their permit without the discretionary review and approval that would be needed from the Board of Supervisors if a property needed to be rezoned or if it was an intensive enough use to where it was classified as a special use permit. Those are the two instances where somebody would see a red sign on the road advertising a public hearing. Okay, so 
I've only worked for the government for 25 years now, so got to give me a second. <laughs> Just because it's a buy right does not mean it's automatically, once you've gone through all the approvals, the check marks and sewer and fire and all of that, mm-hmm. does not necessarily mean that it is ready to start to build. If it is something that is going to cause an impact to the neighbors, somebody from your office will say, okay, this sounds like it needs an SUP, a special use permit. So that list is identified at the beginning. There's a list within the county code that says these types of uses or these types of uses with these types of impacts are going to require a special use permit. Okay. Or if the zoning of the land needs to be changed to accommodate the proposed use, all of that set. You don't want that to be a surprise to the business business owner on the back end. (laughs) Right. So the county code tries to facilitate that by identifying that on the front end. Gotcha. Um, Good. Okay. But if the development is of such a, I'll call it sort of of a normal scale, of Mm -hmm. an average scale, and within the development of the site, they are able to meet all of the requirements of the county code and check all of those boxes, then yes, they are able to go ahead and develop the site and pull the building permit and build that business without needing any special approvals from the governing body. Okay, very good. So then this goes a little bit beyond, but just to kind of wrap it all up in my mind, once the earth has been moved and the building has been built and they're ready to put out their open for business sign, a certificate of occupancy or something, does that come from your office or from a different office? So that's within the Department of Community Development as well. Okay. And that's the third big piece of the puzzle I've mentioned before on the front end in terms of the site development and moving the dirt around and getting all of the underground utilities straight. That really happens within the concept plan and the site planning permitting process and the land disturbing permits. Land disturbing permits get pulled to make sure that the Chesapeake Bay watershed is protected in terms of water quality and water quantity. Mm -hmm. All of that happens at the front end. When somebody is ready to start building the structure itself, constructing the building Mm -hmm. and coming up out of the ground, yes, that's when the Building Safety and Permits Division comes in. Okay. And those are built to the Virginia Uniform Statewide Building Code. Okay. And those plans are reviewed. And again, it's a it's a little bit of a different structure. It's not so much the civil engineer at that point. That's when the property owner would engage an architect. An architect is going to design that building for them, what it looks like on the outside, what it looks like on the inside, all of the aesthetics, what colors it looks like, how it's divided up. But the Building Safety and Permits Division is really going to review it from a life safety point of view. Again, okay. that's sort of the baseline for how all of the codes are written, make sure that adequate fire protection is in the building, make sure the doors are of the proper size. Americans with Disabilities Act in terms of accessibility into Mm -hmm. the building, making sure that it's safe, uh, again, from a fire code point of view. All of that gets reviewed by the county, and then, again, the contractor gets to build the building. And along the way, there'll be various inspections. Our county inspectors will come out and inspect the status of the footings and the framing and everything to make sure, again, that it meets all of the health, life, and safety codes. And yes, when everything is done, when all of those inspections are done, and when the building is safe for the general public to go into the building, Mm -hmm. they will get a final inspection and that certificate of occupancy. And that is the piece of paper, and that is the documentation that says this building is safe 
for the public to come into, and it will also provide the limits about how many people can okay. go into the building. You don't want to overcrowd a building. No. It becomes a fire safety issue. Right. So, All right. And that'll set that limit as well. So on average, and I know that there's probably no such thing as average. Yeah. How much time does that take? It sounds like it takes a decade, but I'm sure it doesn't. How long does it take? Um, I'm sure it feels like a decade, <laughs> especially to the business owner that wants to get up and moving, right? You're not right. making any money when right. the site's being developed. We try to facilitate the process as much as possible. The site plan review process, depending on how large the site is, how complicated the stormwater is, how involved the interaction is with the Virginia Department of Transportation, could take anywhere from three to six months. Okay. Again, it's an iterative process. It's very much a partnership between the county as the reviewing agency and the design professionals who are preparing the set of plans. And so depending on the comments, the plans need to be revised and the plans need to be submitted and the inspections need to uh, occur. So again, generally I would tell folks three to six months okay. um, for the site planning process. And then when they're ready to go for the building permit, again, it might take, depending on how large of a commercial building it is, how complex there's just so many factors. Mm -hmm. Are there any hazardous chemicals? All those things right. tend to... But if it was for a standard small office building mm -hmm. with, with nothing unusual, again, it might take a month or two to get through the plan review process. And again, the inspections process happens concurrent with however fast the contractor is building the building. So, okay. you know, again, it's not uncommon for a new commercial building to take a year to be constructed okay. from the time the contractor starts to the time that they're ready to open. Okay. I know that I have had, really before today, no concept of the amount of time before that first shovel goes into the ground. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. There are a lot of details to figure out. Again, everything from storm water to drinking water to sewer system to the commercial entrance and the drainage and the fire. There are right. a lot of elements that go into that. And again, we've got to make sure from a health, life, and safety point of view, all of those reviews are taking place so that the public is safe when they visit the development. Not only public is safe, but again, it also meets all the community expectations right. and the community character elements that are set forth in the community. It is one of the things that does make James City County special, I think. And again, that's something that the citizens have expressed during past comp plan updates. And mm -hmm. so all those things that are very important to folks, that's how all of that begins. Is it starts out with that vision document, and then those are translated into the development regulations. So. Okay, very good. So Elizabeth has opened up her building. It's going very, very well, making lots of money. Everyone's happy. So much so that she's decided to open up a second location. That's such a good thing. Isn't yes. that a good thing? We'd love to see that. Absolutely. Of course. Now, the piece of property, though, that she has in mind is a great piece of property, but it's not zoned for business. It is actually zoned residential. Mm -hmm. What would be different in her steps? Sure. Um, all of the development steps are pretty much going to be the same, with the exception that she's going to need approval from the Board of Supervisors on the front end before okay. she even gets started. Okay. Only the Board of Supervisors can change the zoning on a piece of land. And it could be the change of zoning. 
maybe in this instance, she wants to increase the scale or intensity of her business such that it triggers a special use permit. Okay. That could be the case as well. In either of those instances, Elizabeth would need approval from the Board of Supervisors. Okay. So again, all of the development steps, the site plan review process, the building permit, the land disturbing pieces, all those mechanical steps would still happen on the front end. Okay. But only the board can grant those special permissions. That's going to add some time to the process on the front end because the process dictates that that decision-making process by the board happen via public hearing. Okay. And really any time that you want to change the zoning of, of a piece of property or you have extra special impacts on the public infrastructure, let's say the new business is going to be so intense that it just puts out a ton of traffic okay. out onto the road during the morning or afternoon peak hours. Those are the opportunities where it's vitally important to get the input from the neighbors. After all, we're going to be developing next to people that already own land there. Mm -hmm. They came in with the expectation that it was a residentially zoned piece of property. Mm -hmm. But now Elizabeth wants to put a business on it. Okay. Again, really good from Elizabeth's business model point of view. But the neighbors may think it's great too. Maybe they don't. Okay. The public hearing process and really what's called the administrative decision-making process allows for just a little bit additional level of review and ability for staff and the board to take a look to make sure that any of those extenuating impacts, whether it be to the public infrastructure or to neighbors, are appropriately mitigated. Okay. And if they can get mitigated, and if the proposal is consistent with the county's long-range vision document, then frequently, again, every case is different, but usually that's a good indication that such a proposal could be approved. If there are unmitigated impacts, if they're not able to take care of all of that traffic, if Mm -hmm. there are noise concerns, if there are exceptional impacts to the county's water system that can't be mitigated, then typically such a request may not be approved because that creates additional impacts on the neighbors and additional impacts to the county infrastructure that weren't already planned for through the base zoning or through the comprehensive plan. Okay. So the board of supervisors has to approve, but there's a step before that with the planning commission. And I think maybe sometimes there's some confusion as to how those two groups work together or what planning commission's looking at. Yeah. So the planning commission is a body set up to specifically get into the details of land use cases. And so the planning commission will take a look at the application first. And again, planning commission will have its own public hearing with the goal of trying to understand the development, making sure the development proposal is consistent with all of the county's proposed policies and the comprehensive plan and the vision documents for the county, making sure all the impacts are mitigated. Mm -hmm. And as a first step, yes, they will review it, have their public hearing, and then they will make a recommendation onto the Board of Supervisors. Again, it's a recommendation. Ultimately, the board will have its own public hearing. The board will review the application itself. And ultimately, the board has the final say. Okay. But again, it's just, it's an important set because the Planning Commission is really charged with looking at um, how consistent the proposal is with the comprehensive plan 
and looking at all of the land use impacts. And they do a really good job at it. Okay. And the Planning Commission is appointed by the Board of Supervisors, correct? Correct. There's okay. a total of seven members, one from each of the magisterial districts from the county, and we mm-hmm. have two at-large members okay. as well. Now, I think that I have seen over the years situations where a case will go before the Planning Commission. There's a public hearing some tweaks are identified that maybe if you adjusted the business hours or maybe if you cut back on the lighting here and put more lighting there, sometimes I've seen those recommendations be made. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much that it's going to stop the planning commission's approval or deny or recommendation of approval or denial, but it may make it a little bit more palatable when it goes to the board of supervisors for the second public hearing. Is that a correct? Correct. Every bit. And so... I'll give you an example for Elizabeth's case. You know, she wants to rezone a piece of property to build a second business location on that might be directly adjacent to some residential. Okay. And so in terms of impacts, you know, again, the planning commission after public hearing uh, will consider that and whether or not the impacts. So let's say under that scenario, Elizabeth comes in, presents her case, Planning Commission thinks, oh, yeah, this looks great. Not too worried about traffic. Looks like those impacts can be mitigated. It's going to be a good fit. It's going to look nice next to the neighbors. Not going to have any stormwater runoff. But we're really concerned because Elizabeth has a trash dumpster out back. Oh, Elizabeth. I know. (laughs) Everybody's got to get rid of their trash somehow. But you know, because of the public hearing process, the neighbor who lives to the rear of the property has come out and said, I'm just worried that somebody's going to come out and empty this dumpster at 4 a.m. Okay. And I just don't want to hear that banging. It's going to disrupt the residential quality of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's going to disrupt my sleep. It's going to get the dogs barking. Right. And then I'm up for the day at 4 a.m. I just right. don't want to deal with that. And so Elizabeth has the opportunity to come in and through a condition or through some proffers to say, you know what? I agree. I want to be a great neighbor. I don't want to have that impact on the neighbors either. I wouldn't want that for my house. Right. So, you know, I'm going to propose a condition where I'm going to work with my trash hauler and through the contract, I'm going to limit the hours to which the dumpster gets emptied from nine in the morning until four in the afternoon, just to make sure I'm not impacting anybody who's home in the evening, nights, or weekends. All right. Um, and that's this is a really good example of how Elizabeth could tailor the application. It's a good way to where that specific impact could be mitigated because the county code doesn't otherwise have a requirement on when somebody could not empty their dumpster. Right, right. But it's a good way for her specific business model for what she specifically wants to do. It's a good way for her to mitigate those impacts so that she's not disturbing her neighbors and then she's going to end up building her second site and be successful as well and would be talking to her a year from now looking for her third location so well we can only hope we can only hope (laughs) elizabeth must have a really good product that everybody wants that's right (laughs) we're glad she chose james city county absolutely absolutely well paul that was so helpful there are so many steps and I don't think that the average person out there knows necessarily, unless they've gone through it, all those steps that are needed. And you all help drive that through the process and very impressive. There's a lot that goes into it, but at the end of the day, we want the development to be a good fit in James City County. We want the development to be representative 
of the expectations that the board has and that the citizens have that have been expressed through the comprehensive plan and through the county code. And we want it to be a good neighbor for many, many years to come. But yes, there are lots of parts behind the scenes that go into that. And there's just a lot of great people here working in partnership with the developer to make sure that that happens. And the development at the end is something everybody can be proud of. And Elizabeth will be doing well. We hope so. We hope so. That's what we want. All right. Well, Paul, as you may or may not know, since this is your first visit on the podcast, I always like to ask a few questions at the end that oh, have nothing I, to do with what we've talked I about. I heard this was coming. Yes. Oh, yes. my gosh. This was your department that the pizza question came from. So uh, I'm going to throw that in first. <laughs> so pizza, pineapple, yes or no? Sure. Sure. Is there anything such thing as bad pizza anyway, no matter what? Probably not. Probably not. Okay. Yep, let's roll with pineapple. Why not? Pro pineapple. Okay. Well, and then another question, since this is your first, do you have a family? I do. My wife, Carol, and I just celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary. She uh, works here in the county as part of the Williamsburg James City County School System. Oh, very good. And do you all have children? We do. I have a 15-year-old daughter. Nice. Who's at Warhill and a 12-year-old son who is at Toyota Middle. Very good. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've covered pizza. We've covered families. I'm going to say besides James City County, because we know that if you could live anywhere, you would always live here in James City County. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if you could choose a place for a second home, let's say that, where would it be? Oh, second home would totally be in James City County. (laughs) Maybe something a little more rural, maybe something outside the PSA, to take care of our our rural beauty. Yeah. My wife has long wanted 10 or 15 acres somewhere something nice. with a fishing pond okay you know that could be a great little getaway in town and yeah that'd be, <laughs> that would be okay save on the commute don't have to pack the car up right you know just leave from my neighborhood and drive out the end of forge road and that's right you'll be out at the country house that'd be okay i'll have the city house and the country house that's right i was totally prepared for beach or mountains but no what was i thinking a cabin in James City County James on my City on my County. fifteen acres somewhere. Wonderful with a pond. That's right. How many pairs of shoes do you own? <laughs> They're random. You have no idea what's coming. These are totally random. <laughs> so I am I am one of those unimaginative people. Okay. I have a pair of shoes for work and a pair of tennis shoes. <laughs> And that might be about it. That's okay. all I need, right? Yeah, well, sure. Work shoes and at home shoes. And what else do you need? That's right. We don't get a lot of snow. So you don't pra- need snow boots necessarily. Not and... necessarily. Keep it practical. Keep it easy. All right. Yes. Okay. What's your favorite zoo animal? Oh, my. These are totally random. Yeah, you're kind of, what's the, I'm not into baseball, but you're batting cleanup. These are all the questions that have not been asked oh, that you're getting I... today. Oh, You're so name. lucky. Let's go with giraffe. Giraffe. Something unusual. Very good. Yes, yeah, so oh, how about that? I like it. Ooh, I penguin. Like... What about penguin? Can I undo giraffe in favor of a penguin? <sighs> yes, I suppose so. Okay. Okay, very Can good. Can I have more than one? Yes. Well, oh. penguin and a giraffe. There you go. There you go. Done. Oh. <laughs> okay. The I do pi- like a rhinoceros. They're pretty cool, too. Those are pretty cool. And, you know, I've heard that they're actually unicorns. Might be. Because it's an animal with a horn. Might be. Might be. Might be. All right, I'll stop there. Okay, all right, because we do have a job we need to get back to. That too. Yeah. 
I've got, and, more, I've got more permits for Elizabeth to get pushed oh, that's through. Right, that's after right. After all, she's waiting, <laughs> waiting for me. And finally, speaking of our jobs, what was your very first job? Oh, gosh. Um, first job ever, ever? Mm-hmm. So I'm old enough now to where I was the neighborhood newspaper delivery boy. Oh, very starting good. Starting in middle school. Okay. So I would get on my bike with the big newspaper basket on the front of it at five o'clock every morning and wow. go up to the corner and pick up my three bundles and put the rubber bands on it and ride up and down the street throwing them up onto people's front porches very cool every morning rain sleet snow oh my goodness summer winter fall yes so you were that, there that was it that was me and so where did you work delivering uh, newspapers down in Norfolk. City, Norfolk, Norfolk, okay. Virginia Pilot. Wow. And it was so long ago, it was the Virginia Pilot and not the Ledger Star, which was the afternoon edition. Oh, That okay. has long since been phased right, out. But yes, right. the Virginia Pilot morning paper, oh. seven days a week, every day. That's excellent. So yes. there's a lot of people in Norfolk that had the future Director of Community Development and Planning delivering their newspaper. Who knew? Who knew? New. That's right. Should add a little red bow on the newspaper instead of a rubber band. <laughs> Follow those dreams, kids. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, Paul, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It took us a while That's to right. get you on the schedule, okay. but I'm so glad you're here. Me too. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please take a moment to go online and subscribe. That way you will be sure to never miss an episode. Also, while you're online, go to our website. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you're going to be able to find all of our episodes, as well as a form that you can give us feedback, show ideas. We would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much, and we will talk with you next week.